0: church welcome let's all stand up and put our hands together worship the lord god almighty amen Get the sound of Jesus' name. Lives made whole hearts awake. Get the sound of Jesus' name.
1: come this morning and be grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Church, thank you, Lord. He says, let there be freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Lord, we welcome your spirit in this place, Heavenly Father. We set aside all the things, Lord, that might just distract us from being in this moment with you, Lord. And so the song says, come as you are into the presence of his love. And so, Lord, we do that this morning, do it with gladness and in our hearts, Lord, because of what you have done, Lord. And we sing about your great love, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for what you have done. Come on, church. We're going to continue to worship his name as we sing this song together. And I search the world. Come on, that's right. But it couldn't fill me Praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. God of the mountain, he's the God of the valley. Yes, he is. I'm on the safe, and I'm not afraid of mercy and grace. to a brick wall, and you need that emergency exit, and you're like, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I need to go somewhere. I'm lost. I'm lost, and I need an emergency exit. How many need an emergency exit right now? Lord, I need a way out. I know I've been there. I know sometimes I'm still there. And there's this piece of this song that says, Lord, He's the only one who can And when you lean on him, we get to sing these songs that bring and revive us. Refill our cup because it reminds us of who he is and what he has done in the past. And then we sometimes forget what he has done. So church, I'm here to remind you. So we're going to sing this song one more time. We're going to say, Lord. I've searched the world because we seem to look under every rock possible for answers. But we forget the most important piece is to look to the one man, to the one true God that has made it happen for us time and again. Amen. So let's remind ourselves. Let's sing that one more time. Come on. We're going to say, I search the world. Come on, sing it with me. And I search the world. Come on, sing it with me. Every voice. But it couldn't fill me Come on Man's empty praise, and Treasures that fade Are never enough But here it is It's right here You came along And you put me back together And every desire now satisfied here in your love. Thank you, Jesus. Every desire, Lord, is now satisfied. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm so grateful. I want to sing about your goodness, Lord. Lord, it's um, with gratitude that we come before you this morning. to sing about the goodness of who you are, Lord, and how many times you have seen us through. And so, Lord, thank you. That's all we can say is thank you. Can somebody just say thank you? Just say thank you. Give him thanks this morning. Just say thank you. Come on. For your provision and your protection, Lord, we say thank you. Come on. Because I love you, Lord. Come on. And know oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. Come on. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, and I will see of the goodness of God. Come on, that's right. Because my life you have been faithful. Come here, baby. Let's sing. Come on. Because on my life you have been so, so good. That's right.
0: With every breath that I am
1: able, oh, I will see of the goodness of God. Sing it to him, baby.
0: That's right. come on thank you Lord come on I love your voice you have led me through the fire in the darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend
1: And I have lived in the goodness of God. Oh, come on. All my life. So, my life, you have been
0: faithful.
1: All my life. So, my life, you have been so, so good with every breath.
0: of the goodness of
1: God. Lord, we lift our voices see you and our hands in surrender, Lord, to sing of your great love and of your faithfulness, Lord. We give you thanks. Oh, we sing about it. Your voice with us this morning, say, Your goodness is running out, it's running out to me. Come on and sing with us Your goodness is running after. Me. it's running out to me. With my life laid down and surrendered, now I give you everything. Your goodness. That again, it's all my life. It's all my life, you have been in faith.
2: Father God, we are so in awe of your goodness, Lord. We are so in awe of your presence, God. I'm so in awe of the fact, Lord, I was just praying here with you, Lord, and I hear you speaking to me, God. I hear you showing me, God, that you want to take my shame and you want to turn it into glory, Lord. I hear you speaking to me, God. You're telling me that you want to take my past, all that regret, and you want to turn it into strength, Lord. I thank you because, Lord, I'm experiencing your spirit in this powerful way, Lord, and I know you are here, and I know you have this same strength, the same glory for every single person here in this place, everyone watching online, God. I thank you for them because we know that we come in after a long week, Lord. We live in Albuquerque, let's be real, God, and there's crazy stuff happening everywhere, Lord. And so I pray that today your spirit comes in and all of our shame turn into glory, all of our regret turn into strength. God, I pray that you show us what you need from us. God, I pray that here in New Beginnings Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the revolution, the revival, God, that you are stirring up begins here in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We see what's happening in the world with Hurricane Ian. God, we pray for all the people who are affected by that. We pray that you be with them, Lord, that you guide them and that you give them this inner strength that only comes from you, Lord. I pray that we continue to keep them, everybody affected by the hurricane covered in your prayers, God, and everyone in our lives, God, everyone who's hurting, everyone that needs you, Lord, especially ourselves, most especially ourselves. We pray for ourselves, Lord, and more than anything, we say hallelujah, Lord, because... Here we are singing of the goodness of God, singing of the stories that you've done for us, Lord, and we thank you for that. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, will you lift up a shout of praise? Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's take a moment, church. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning.
3: Good morning, church. How are y'all doing? <laughs> Can we just, like, worship was amazing yeah, this morning. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm oh still, like, gosh. fighting back the
2: tears, like, seriously. <laughs> I know. I saw yeah. you. You're
3: down at the altar. You're laying everything out yeah, for God. Yeah, And it was so man. beautiful to yeah. see that and to witness that. And, oh, my goodness, All this glory entire to God, sanctuary man. Absolutely. was just an uproar in praise for God. And that mm-hmm. was, what an incredible, incredible time of absolutely. worship today. Praise God. God. yes, God. Mm-hmm. yes. So, church, we just wanted to go ahead, before we begin our message for today, we wanted to share a few announcements with you. My name is Lena Mazaranich. I am one of the youth leaders over in uh, our New Beginnings youth.
2: And my name is David Sanchez. I am the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. And, yeah, we just got a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, do you guys know Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy have been ministering here for over 40 years, man? Like, that's something to celebrate. Because, like, what we just experienced here, like, this worship, this time of being with God, like, what, what's amazing is that's not an anomaly. Like, we, we experience God here all the time, and we gotta celebrate because we're all standing on Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy's shoulders. I mean, 40 years of ministry. That means uh, they've been faithful to not just this community, but to the city and to all the challenges that come with it. Are you with me? And so that's something to celebrate. So if you want to be a part of that, that's going to be on October 21st at the convention center. I believe that we still have tickets on sale. You can go get more information out at the mall. And speaking of the mall, there's there's a lot of commotion out there. There's a lot of stuff going on. You want to tell us about that?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that. So you may have noticed there's a gigantic awning inside (laughs) the mall. Um, That is because we are opened uh, we have opened up the new registration classes. I'm so sorry. Uh, For our Christian education classes. Mm -hmm. So if y'all haven't taken a class or if you'd like to take a class now is the perfect time to sign up. Registration is available right out there. You can walk around the tables and I'll give you a little bit of information about each class. What is so cool about this is that this is your opportunity to be able to edify yourself with the word, to be able to know what you believe, to be able to stand firmly on what you believe in, who you believe in, who is who is Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. To be able to know
3: exactly who he is and to be able to share that with other people. And this is just such a great time to be able to there's discipleship classes. Yes. Um I signed up for the young adults class, which I'm super excited about. I did too actually. You yeah. Did? Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. I'll see you there. I'll see you there. <laughs> but uh, so yeah.
2: <laughs> We're really excited about these classes, y'all, because not only are they a place where we can get educated, where we can edify our minds, but it's a place where we can continue to grow with our family. Are you with me? I mean, like, like for real. When I say you guys are my family, I mean I don't have a lot of family in the states. I'm from Mexico, bro. Uh, and I think Lena, you're kind of similar. Most of your family's in another part of the country, man. You guys are our family. And so these classes, these are these small groups. These are places where we get to just feel. God's love through you guys, with you guys, and it's just amazing, and so we, we really hope you'll be a part of this semester's Christian education classes, and also, one of the things that's happening this month, since it is October, we have Trunk or Treat coming up on the 20, on 29th. I almost said the wrong day. On the 29th, yes, and we are so excited. Uh, Trunk or Treat last year was a blast, man. I remember Chris uh, Chris was a, a Spider-Man. No, no, he was Peter Parker. Wally came as Spider-Man. They did a little duo. They had a car decked out all sick. It was really cool, and we had just hundreds of people from all around the community coming in, and it's a safe place to just like bring your family to get some candy and just to have some time to just enjoy life a little bit with us here at New Beginnings. And so if you want to get more involved with that, if you want to register one of your cars uh, to to give out candy, you can do that on our website, or, and you can always ask Jessica Ramirez, our children's minister, for more information on that. And also, just like every year with Trunk or Treat, we are taking candy donation mm-hmm. so if you've donated it in the past thank you for doing that and once again we're asking if you have a little that you can spare yeah. uh talk to miss jessica on as to how we can uh get that going
3: yeah it can't be the easter candy because that's probably <laughs> way expired but if you have any from i don't know fourth of july i think fourth of july work.
2: would be good yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no um, but yeah that uh, what else do we have going on lena so I
3: speaking of newbie kids, you may have noticed or may not have noticed, but we finally, we have car decals, which is so awesome. I don't know if you've seen those other cars driving around town. You get to see like sagebrush or you Mm -hmm. see copper point stickers. Well, now we get to represent our church with our car decals. Yes, (laughs) And so those stickers are available inside of our newbie kids sanctuary. They're $2 for, they're $2 each, but this is honestly, I'm excited. I'm like, so excited. I think it's so cool. We get yeah, to rep our church and we get for to sure. just yeah, be here. absolutely, and I was just thinking
2: about the fact that sometimes I'm a bad driver and I was praying about it, I'm like, God, how am I supposed to like represent you and like be driving like this, but now that I have that sticker, there's that accountability, you know, I have to think twice before yeah. I get in that lane, and exactly. so that's, it's been really good for me at least from a <laughs> spiritual perspective, so I'd encourage you, stop by our kid's wing yes. and uh, ask about the stickers, we got plenty that you can grab, for, grab one for your car, grab one for uh, wh- whatever car you just want to bless, that, that's a fun way to yes. do it, man. Uh, And you know, also another thing we've got happening this coming Saturday, do we have any men in the room? We're my men now, let me hear you, come on, come on, there you are, there you are. Hey, we have our men's breakfast coming up, and we're so excited about it, men's breakfast, like I feel like I say this every time, but it's so true, there's men in this church that have been following Jesus longer than I've been alive. The amount of wisdom that there is to be sought, the amount of stuff that I could learn from just... Sitting with these guys and hanging out, especially, you know, I grew up without a dad, man, and so I don't know how dudes just hang out, I don't know what a dude just relaxing with his friends looks like, and so I've always gone to these events so I can learn, how do I, how do I do life, how do I, I've always learned from you guys. You know, and I always tell people, I'm a product of you guys. I'm a product of new beginnings. And so it's always been a blessing for me. And so I want to highly encourage you to be there and be that good influence. I'm, I'm trying to invite as many youth as we can. And it's going to be a fantastic time. That's going to be Saturday, October October 8th at 7.45 a.m. And it is a potluck. So bring, if you want a little extra, bring, bring a carton of eggs. If you're a big bacon guy, bring all the bacon you can buy, please. Um, and those chiles bring bring the spicy ones, the ones from the garden. You know, I know my mom has a bunch of that are really spicy right now. You know they'll be there. So we're really excited about that. And other than that, what else do we have going on, Lena?
3: Yeah, so next Sunday, we're going to be having, immediately after second service, our child dedication service. Mm. So parents and guardians in the room, if you have not made the decision to dedicate your child to the Lord yet, this is the perfect time to do so. And mm. if you're not really sure what child dedication is, It's essentially just making that declaration before God that you're going to raise your child in a way that is following Christ, Mm -hmm. in a way that they can become like Christ, in a Mm -hmm. way that they can live a life that just loves Christ. Mm -hmm. And so this is the absolute perfect time to do so. It's not only setting a foundation for your child, but it's setting Mm -hmm. a foundation for you as a parent and a guardian in how you're going to raise them. So this is the perfect time to do so. Registration is available online, or you can also call our front office as well.
2: Absolutely, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I remember Mm -hmm. uh, every tough conversation my mom ever had with me growing up, she'd always end it with, and I'm accountable to God for how I raise you, David. So this Mm -hmm. is why we're doing things like this. And I'm confident that's why I am up here today, man. And so these things are, yeah, absolutely. Uh, These things are beautiful, and I highly encourage you to come be a part of it. But of course, none of it would be possible without you guys, without our family, without our congregation, both in person and online, who faithfully give. And we thank you, church, for being so faithful in your in your stewardship, um, and, and being good stewards with that is just one of the many things that God calls us to do. And so, Lena, why don't you tell us about, what are the different ways that we can give here at New Beginnings?
3: Yeah, so we can give online, which is what I do. I mm-hmm. have it set up to yeah. give every week, um, and then you can also give through our app, which mm-hmm. is Super convenient, also, (laughs) and then you can also give in our tithing boxes available at every exit in Mm. the sanctuary. So, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) So
2: everything online is fast, it's safe, it's it's secure. We love it so much, and don't forget, we also have the envelopes and everything waiting for you guys right out in the mall too. Uh, If you don't know where to find them, you can ask one of our ushers, and they'll gladly point you the right Mm -hmm. direction. And so, don't forget, all four corners of the sanctuary. But more than anything, thank you, church, for being a true family. And so, yeah, absolutely. Give yourselves a round of applause. And while you're at it, why don't you welcome Pastor Richard to the stage this morning?
4: David, Lena, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. Happy birthday, Pastor. Happy birthday. birthday. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yesterday was my birthday, and uh, someone asked me, how old are you? And I told them I'm 45. And uh, in my head, I'm that. My body goes, no, you're not. You're 65. <laughs> oh, look at that. I love you, Inez, Richard. Thank you, guys. You know, uh, two years ago, at this time, uh, my son, on the 29th of September, had been in a very, very serious bus accident the driver was ejected from the bus and he died on the scene. My son was sitting right behind him. He was ejected from the bus and he was airlifted to two different hospitals. At this time, two years ago, he was still in a coma and fighting for his life. And uh, he's here. You want to stand and wave to everybody? <laughs> Didn't know I was gonna do that, so he just uh, okay. I'll I'll get you later, Dad. I could tell by the hand it was like I'll get you later. <laughs> you guys, uh, how many of you know God truly answers prayer? Yes. You know, we had a service here last Sunday night for people that have been murdered by gun violence, and there was over six hundred names just from the city of Albuquerque that have been killed over the past few years. And some of you have loved ones that have been murdered in our congregation. One of them uh, is our very own Pastor Eddie Miraval and his family. Their grandson was murdered two years ago. And it seems like most of the murders lately The murderers have been getting off scot-free. When they say they got away with murder, they're literally it's happening. But justice was handed down. And the murderer of their grandson was found guilty. Keep praying for the Miraval family and all other families that have lost loved ones to murder because... They're healing. It's a very long healing process. You never get over the death. You just learn to mourn differently. But uh, we definitely want to pray for them and all those that are hurting. There's a retired pastor in our congregation. His name is Dr. Reverend Dr. Michael Holton and his daughter passed away unexpectedly yesterday. So For the Holton family, we love you, and we're praying for you. Some of you know who Ken Delfield is. He's one of our greeters, and he's in the emergency room right now with some stuff going on. So, Father, we just thank you for your love, for answer to prayer, for sparing lives, and, Lord, some lives have gone on to be with you, and we grieve over those. Father, we thank you for justice finally being handed down on some of the cases We pray your overwhelming peace and blessing. And God, we pray these things in Christ's name. Now minister to us in your word. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I've been doing this sermon series called Changing the Way You Think. Our thinking can really take us to some of the most amazing heights and into the darkest valleys. It's amazing how I use the term stinking thinking, but We usually have that, and it's really sad. Sometimes we think of stuff, and we're determined, and we believe it so much, we think it's real, and it's not even real. We create images in our mind that aren't even true. We uh, make up stuff that, or we take it to a whole different level that never even happened. And it's really sad that that happens. And one area that our thinking really messes us up is when it comes to temptation, Because when temptation comes our way, that doesn't mean we've sinned. We're only being tempted. It's how you react to that temptation. So what I wanna talk about today is changing the way you handle temptation. To really change the way you think about temptation and how to approach it and how to approach it so you can have victory over it and you don't succumb to it. Because we can make some really dumb decisions, amen? I mean, think of people that have said, oh, that'll never happen to me. And now they have to have a breathalyzer on their car or an ignition or whatever. It's called interlock to start their car because they were caught driving while intoxicated. How many times has someone got out of control and their anger got them in trouble and they were arrested for domestic violence or or just getting crazy at a supermarket and and, and, and you got yourself in trouble? How many times, how many times, how many times? So I want to talk about how to really be able to conquer that because Satan has been using the same temptation from the very beginning of time and he continues to do that. And what we need to understand is I want to give us uh, some things to consider, nine things to consider when we face temptation and and the very first one is to understand how temptation works. In the gospel, I mean in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 through 6. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Serpent said, oh, you won't die. He replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and that you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. See, he wants to tempt us to be like God. In other words, that we're in control of our own lives. We don't have to submit to anyone. Then he goes on to say, the woman was convinced and she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her stupid husband. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. It it doesn't say stupid. You're not supposed to add the scripture. She gave some to her husband, who was with her, and ate it too. God help us. Man, it's like when we look at that, we go, what was wrong with them? What's wrong with us? We do the exact same thing. I mean, Satan always uses this little four-step trial to get us to yield a temptation. He first starts with desire, a wrong desire that's inside of us, this wrong desire that's stirred up within us. Sometimes we even have a good desire, and we have a really good desire to do something right, but we ended up and mess up and do something wrong. Satan twists it around. He wants us to take a shortcut, and those shortcuts usually lead to death. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, he says, it says there, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. It says, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So it's this process. It it starts with a desire. And then the second step, it starts with doubt. Satan wants you to doubt God's word. He wants you to doubt what he says. He wants you to start questioning God. How many times have you ever questioned God? How many times does the devil say stuff like what he told? Did he really say you couldn't eat of any of the trees? No, he didn't say that. But he takes a little bit of the truth and he shifts it around and twists it that you end up start, wait, well, what, wait, what did he say? Wait, what, what? Did God really say that? Did he really say that? Did he say not to do that? Or yet yeah, we could do it? Or, or just in moderation? Or, or, or what? Satan wants you to question God. He wants you to get to the point where you start wondering, does God really know what he's doing? And then you start questioning. Then you start doing really dumb things and living dumb ways. And then he takes you first from desire to doubt and then deception. He deceives us. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, my gosh, you're making such a big deal out of this. Everyone does it. Oh, my gosh. And we end up starting believing the lie. We believe the lie Satan throws out. And we, we, we rationalize and we say, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, it's not that bad. Everyone does it. And, yeah, and, I, I mean, I'm not as bad as them anyway. And we start comparing and we find ourselves deceived. And then we fall into disobedience. We end up doing a sin. We're hooked or defeated. It's hook, line, and sinker. We bought into it. Next thing you know, you're on the frying pan being cooked alive because you ended up falling short of where you need to be. He uses these plans. He wants you to understand how temptation works. Second thing we really have to understand is we've got to know what makes you vulnerable. Know what makes you Vulnerable. Because each one of us have a vulnerability spot, a place where, where you find yourself in a situation that you end up falling short and you end up yielding to the temptation and you end up doing something really dumb because you, the devil caught you at the right moment. In the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 27, he says right there, for anger gives a foothold to the devil he's talking about anger there, but he's saying basically a sin gives a foothold. Look, some of you might have an anger problem. And people in your family or your loved ones tell you, man, you need to chill out. You have a real anger problem. I don't have an anger problem. What are you talking about? You're like, wow, (laughs) it sure sounds like it, you know, and and when you have this issue whatever your issue might be man don't give the devil a place to start tempting you and he starts with negative emotions we get our emotions all messed up our emotions get crazy and before you know it you're you're thinking destructive you're you're behaving destructive you're you're listening to the craziness in your head that's why he says in in uh, proverbs rather chapter 4 verse 23 he says Guard your heart, in other words, your emotions, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I subscribe to this site called churchleaders.com. And in this, it talks about how people put themselves in a vulnerable position. Did I release the youth? Did they leave? Okay. They didn't walk out because they hate me. They walked out because they have their own service right now. You guys are going, wow, they're all walking out on the pastor. Well, that happens all the time anyway, but anyway, okay. So back to what I was reading about in this church leader's page. And it said, when people are experiencing some of these issues, they're more vulnerable for falling into sin and it was talking about pastors that had failed and pastors that had not just moral failure with an affair or something but they they did something really stupid that cost them their job and they were saying when if someone's really dealing with physical exhaustion when you're physically exhausted and you just can't seem to go on you're more vulnerable to do something dumb Versus being energetic and in good shape. Because when you're energetic and in good shape, you bounce back from stuff a lot faster. They were talking about discouragement and pessimism versus encouragement and optimistic. When you're discouraged and pessimistic, before you know it, everything's just dark. Oh, doom and gloom, horrible, it's horrible, nothing could ever happen, this is horrible, this is a bad situation, this is, this is, this is, and you get so down, you just say, forget it, I'm not, I can never win anyway, you know what, might as well do the sin, I'm tempted, and, and here I am thinking like this again, and you fall. Or when you're bored and discontented. When you're bored, what do they say? An idle mind is a dangerous place. Because your mind starts going places you have no business going. You start thinking about stuff and going to places that are deadly for you. They could cost you your marriage. They could cost you your job. They could cost you your relationships. They could cost you your friendships. It's really something. So you've got to stay really encouraged. And Because we could be challenged with life, but if when you're content, you make it through, you go, hey, we're going to get through this. Because you have a positive outlook or when you're lonely and distant when people are lonely and distant and they isolate themselves man you could get in a just a crazy mindset that you find yourself in trouble and you get yourself in a mess and you got to understand that that if when you feel loved and 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 chosen and close to somebody man you just feel like man i love this place i love the friendships i have i i love I just love coming to church here. I just love these people. They're so encouraging and and uplifting. Or when you feel insecure and unsure about yourself versus confident and secure. You see, there's so many emotions that can propel you into a very destructive mode of thinking and your destructive thinking will become very, very harsh on you and your loved ones. So it's important that we really know what makes us vulnerable. And it takes me to the next one, is that learn your patterns of temptation. Learn the things that you find yourself doing when you are tempted. You you get yourself in this certain mode, and before you know it, you're going through this mode and these motions, and, and it's a pattern that you've fallen into, and you just find yourself getting all messed up. And not everyone has the same temptations, but everyone is tempted and we need to realize that we rationalize a lot of times. So we rationalize and we say, well, and we, we call it justification. But it's not justification, it's rationalization. And we say, well, they do it. Well, they, everyone does it. it. I mean, it's not that bad. Oh my gosh, it's not like I killed anybody. Geez, chill out. I'm not hurting anyone but myself, and that's a lie. So we rationalize, and what rational, rationalize really is, is rational lies. And we 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 come to this craziness. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 8, it says, the prudent understands where they're going. But fools deceive themselves. We think we're doing good. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed by the best. No, you're not. You are messed up right now. You're walking in darkness. You're not doing good. Don't you know people that are all messed up, and everyone in the world knows they're messed up, but them? That was me. Everyone kept telling me, dude, you need to get help. I'm like, help? I'm better than you. Because I was a functional alcoholic. I had a big old fancy job and a fancy job title. But I was an alcoholic. I was drinking all my my profits away. And everyone's telling me, even my messed up friends were saying, dude, you need some help. (laughs) You know you're messed up when your messed up friends tell you that. (laughs) Man, you're like, what are they? I'm better than you, and you're telling me? But that happens to us, doesn't it? Because nobody can see themselves how everyone else sees us. And that's why you need to see the patterns of your temptation. See, like, like for instance, you need to ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself, like, where are you most tempted? Where are you most tempted? Where, where do you go where you're most tempted? And when are you most tempted? When are you most tempted? When I'm around this lady, I get tempted. When I'm around this guy, I'm tempted. Oh, when I go over here, or even going to work, oh, there's this beautiful secretary that works there. The foreman is a hunk, a hunk of man. Women lust also. You got to get real ladies. We see how you are sometimes. And you see how we are sometimes. We're all messed up. We need help. So when are you most tempted? Where are you most tempted? And who is with you when you're most tempted? Because you know what? You hang around the goats too long, you start smelling like them. Some of our friends tempt us. Come on, Richard, you haven't done it in a long time. Like, oh my gosh, one beer is not going to mess you up. You know what? It is going to mess me up. I don't know how to drink a beer. I don't know how to drink a beer. I mean, I, I drank a beer, but I never stopped after one beer. I'm a drink till you drop. That was me. My brother, he can have a beer and just drink half of it. I'm like, I, I think, what's wrong with that guy? He leaves a half a beer. Who leaves a half a beer? See, I don't, I never thought like that. So you got to ask yourself, who are you with when you're most tempted? And then you need to ask, what temporary benefit do I get if I give in? If I give in to this temptation, it's only a temporary moment of pleasure because afterwards you got to deal with all the guilt and the shame and all the mess you created and all the mess you have to make up and you're like, oh my gosh, please. Like I used to tell my wife, why didn't you ever say something to me? She goes, say something to you, my gosh. You never got, I go, well, you should have hit me over the head with a two by four. She goes, where do you think we got all that firewood from? <laughs> I mean, look, I was so bad one time. You know what she did? She got a tape recorder and tape recorded me. And the next day we were having breakfast or lunch and she played the tape recorder. And I go, what is that? Oh my God. What fool is that? She goes, you, I go, what? She goes, that's what was you last night when you came home drunk. I was like, what? That's when it started hitting me that, oh, I think I have a problem. I shouldn't have a tape recorder in my house. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, that wasn't my problem. (laughs) That that wasn't my problem, please. (laughs) I don't want to minimize it because you know what? It almost cost me my marriage. And it's cost you some of yours. Then you need to ask, How do you feel right before you're tempted? What are you going through at that moment that all of a sudden, poof, you're tempted? What might have triggered it? What might have set it off? You really need to ask yourself that. And then the next thing you have to do is plan to avoid those situations. So look, my brother's not a drunk my brother, like I said, he he has a few beers here or there, but I've never in my life seen my brother drunk. And when I was drinking, he never saw me sober. And when I go to El Paso, because that's where my the majority of my family is, I'll say, Hey man, I'm going to El Paso. Can we have a cookout in your backyard? And He'll say, yeah, but he invites also his family from his wife's side, so they're there, and they are drinkers, not like crazy drinkers, but they all drink, and and so so when they're there, I make my rounds in the backyard, and I go, hey, hello, I say hi to my family, and then to the Lopez family, that's his fa- side of, of her family, and, and and then, but then I go back to my table, which is on the complete opposite side of the backyard from where all the partying is going on. Now, I'm having a wild party, having fun, telling jokes, but I'm drinking my Diet Pepsi. And they're over there drinking, and I don't get near them. You know why? Because even after 40 years of not drinking, I still get tempted at times. Isn't that crazy? You would think after over 42 years or whatever it's been since I drank, why do I still sometimes think, God, that beer looks good. What's wrong with me? Where did that come from? It's just like you. You get these crazy thoughts in your head all of a sudden. Avoid the situation. Don't put yourself in that mess. Look what it says in Proverbs 4, and 27. Mark out a straight path for your feet and then stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. How many of us get sidetracked? Keep your feet from following evil. Man, some of us are ADD or A, uh, hyperactive, H, H, okay, you all know what it is, H, (laughs) H, D, A, D, or A, D, Uh, we're we're talking about this, and you guys are going, we are? Oh, I forgot, because you took us there and there and there. (laughs) Haven't you ever gotten sidetracked? I got to go feed the dog. So I'm walking to the house, through the house, And I didn't see a pile of mail. Bah, Mira, I didn't know the mail got here, so I stopped at the mail. And then I'm like, oh wait, what was I gonna do? Oh, I think I was gonna get some water. So I go get some water. No, oh the dog, Mira, I forgot. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Man, we get sidetracked. We get sidetracked. Hey, okay, I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm not gonna go over there. And before you know it, you find yourself right in the middle of it. (laughs) Plan ahead. Set yourself up. Don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. If you have anger issues, help ask people to help you stay calm. But then don't get mad at them when they say, hey, chill out. <laughs> There's times that I'm going to meetings and, and I'm going into a meeting and, and it's going to be an intense meeting because we got to handle some things that are not very popular to handle. And I hate confrontation but I'll take some people with me and I go, hey, make sure I can stay in a loving heart and, and loving attitude. I don't want to get uptight or kind of mean. And so if I start getting a little amped up, they'll pat me and they just tap me. And sometimes they're going like this, but <laughs> no, 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 they're not, but, but in other words, they're trying to help me. So if you have issues with lust and you're going to go to a pool party, don't sit there like this. Oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Instead, you know, go get some food and bury your food, your face in the food. These taquitos are good. I wonder if they're still swimming. Oh, they are. I better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't set yourself up for failure. you got to really be strong. And then the next thing we need to do is cry out to God. Cry out to God and then quote scripture. Sometimes the prayer's real short. Sometimes you can't, You don't have time to pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you rebuke Satan and get him out of here. And Lord, help me stay strong. You don't have time to say all that. Sometimes you have to sing the song of the Beatles back in the late 60s. Help, I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. I need someone help you know you're going I need help I need help God I need help God I'm I'm God 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 help me because this is heavy duty God I don't want to lose my temper I don't want to get stupid I don't want to get arrested God help me I don't want to get drunk God please help me stay strong God help me I don't want to fall into lust God help me I want to be pure minded and I don't want to be cussing God help me just cry out help cry out help. Look what it says in the book of Psalms 50, verse 15. Then call on me when you're in trouble and I will rescue you, praise you, Jesus, and will give you, and and, and you will give me glory. You'll just say, thank you, Jesus. You see, because Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted Jesus has endured every temptation known to mankind. Everything. Now, see, it's hard for us to believe that because some of us have been tempted like with some really crazy stuff. And Jesus is saying, well, I I understand. You see, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 and 16, he says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testing, the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So you see what you have to understand is Jesus experienced every temptation. Now that's hard for us to believe because see he was tempted to get drunk but he didn't. He was tempted to, to to go after and chase a woman and have sex but he didn't. He was tempted to steal and lie and on and on and on because he says every temptation known to man. He was tested, he was tempted. But he did not sin. See, he knows how to conquer it, and we need to learn how to do that as well. Don't give in. You need to understand that. It's not a sin to be tempted. Hear me, it's not a sin to be tempted. But you're not responsible for the thoughts that pop into your mind, but you are responsible for what you do with those thoughts. So you could be all happy, and you're going, man, I can't believe it. I'm in church. God, I came to church. I haven't been to church in ages. And you walk through the front door, and you go, who would have thought I'd be in church? And all of a sudden, you go, man, she's fine. She's so fine, she blows my mind. Oh, baby. Oh, he is awesome. Look at his muscles. Oh, I'd like to have his arms around me. Get those thoughts out of there. So don't say, what's wrong with me? Oh, my gosh, I'm even in church and thinking these things. Say, you know what? It's not a sin to be tempted. So, Lord, I give you my mind. I I give you my thoughts because I don't want to carry them out. Don't be intimidated by the devil. The devil should be intimidated by you because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. The Spirit of God lives within us. The Spirit of God is in us. And we need to have victory and show that victory in the way we live. Yes. And so we need to be able to have, be strong. Use God's word to conquer temptation. When the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus used the word of God. We've got to remember the word of God. We've got to learn. We've got to memorize the word of God. In the book of Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, the Bible is worthless unless you use it. If you don't use it, it's just a decoration. It's just a book that has no power. But if you open it and read it and apply it, man, you're a warrior. No one could come against you. And if they do come against you, say, hey, big brother, Jesus, he says he's our big brother. We are co-heirs. We are his brothers and sisters. So say, hey, Jesus, that bully's coming after me. Jesus says, Has no, have no fear. My spirit is here. See, we need to be able to take his word. You ought to get a, like an index card and put it in your phone if you want, but there's something about writing it that you learn better and write out a scripture. Look up scripture to handle, let's say, anger. So you have an anger issue, write out a bunch of scriptures how to win over anger. And then read those cards. Start reading them over and over. At your break at work, take out your card and okay. If there's a traffic jam and you're just sitting there, take out your cards and read them. You can read the card and before you know it, as stuff is going down, the Holy Spirit comes and reminds you of words. So instead of being in road rage and telling people they're number one with your middle finger, (laughs) you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards your heart, mind, and soul in Christ Jesus. See, you draw strength from that. And the next thing we need to do is we need to re- refocus our attention on something else. If you're being tempted, don't keep thinking about that thing. Don't keep thinking, there's girls in bikinis, there's girls in bikinis, there's girls in bikinis, there's men's in Speedos, there's men in Speedos. <laughs> instead, instead, say, wow, I'm here with my family and friends. We're going to have a wonderful time. We're just going to have a glorious time. It's a cookout, it's a pool party, and I'm going to go help serve the food. See, you refocus, you change your direction. You see, we're not supposed to resist the temptation. We're supposed to resist the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. He doesn't say resist the temptation because no matter where you go, you're gonna find temptation. Temptation is every place because the devil's every place. That's why we have worship and praise to drive out any demon that comes in this building because the devil is usually the first one at church. He's waiting for you to try to keep you from receiving what you're supposed to receive. And so you've got to drive him out and drive Jesus in. Welcome him in. Take him in and say, thank you, Jesus. So you need to refocus Don't resist temptation, refocus the temptation and think of good things. You see, in in Romans 12, 21, it says, Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So, see, whatever grabs your attention arouses you. You get aroused and you go, Oh man, I can't wait to do this or that or that or this or this or that. You hear some real juicy gossip. You see people talking, you go, Oh, I wonder what they're talking about. So now you go over there and you hear it, now you get all aroused. Ooh, I want to share this juicy gossip. And then you go and do it. That's the action. So there's attention, arousal, and action. Because whatever gets your attention gets you. You see, questions could be look, like let's say I said, Man, I'm hungry right now. Are any of you hungry? Now you're going, you know, I, now come to think of it, I am hungry. I hope pastor doesn't preach too much longer because I'm hungry. I want to get out of here and have some chila chile rellenos. And or maybe I'll, I'll have huevo rancheros with beans and papitas. Oh, green chili, no red chili. I'll put the green on this side and the red on that. Oh, See, now some of you are thinking about hunger. You weren't even hungry before and now you are. Or if I were to say, hey, it's kind of cold in here. Are any of you cold? You know, I, I I was comfortable, but now that he said it, I don't know. It's kind of it's, It is kind of cold. How weird. Hey, would she hug me or something? But I'm cold now. Are any of you tired? you're tired. Some of you want to yawn right now, don't you? You're like, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't put me to sleep. At least these chairs are nice and padded like a sleeping comfort. See, we, we, we get persuaded, we get directed because our attention is shifted. And when it's shifted, it can take us where we don't want to be. That's why you want to reshift the negative temptation into something really positive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And it says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So don't sit there arguing with the devil. He will win. The devil knows more scripture than you. He knows more tricks than you. So don't argue with the devil. Instead, say, God, help me. Jesus, big brother, take on this bully. Get him out of here. And he'll take care of it. And then once you do that, you need to start finding some kind of a small group for support. A small group like a men's Bible study, women's Bible study, men's men's breakfast, the women's sisterhood. You need to start coming to youth. You need to start coming to the, bringing your children to children's church. You, you could get into our 12-step program. You could, there's a ministry for women called Women in Need. Win, Women in Need. that just find some healing from some broken times. If you want a verse-by-verse study of the Bible, man, we have a college professor. He's a university, Bible university professor that teaches a verse-by-verse every Sunday morning. There's so many ways that you could get support. We're just kicking off our our men's Bible study again in about a week or two or something. I don't know the exact date. Find out. That's what that tent is. Sign up. It's an amazing time to grow. And because when you study together and and you come together, you end up finding people admit stuff. And all of a sudden you go, oh, that's a trip. That's exactly how I think. I didn't know anyone else thought like that. I didn't know anyone else was going through that. Man, in Bible study, you find out that there's people that are struggling with stuff you are, and they're finding victory, and you can too. See, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, it says, and let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. In James, chapter 5, verse 16, he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And then you need to invite, enlist, recruit a friend to share your struggle. Now make sure you find someone that's a holy person, a godly person, a person that knows Jesus, and a person that's not a gossiper. So don't, if you know a gossiper, don't come and say, oh man, I'm having trouble. Yeah, I've been gambling a lot. Because next thing you know, everyone's going to know you're gambling. Because their problem is gossip. Go to someone that's trustworthy. Go to someone that you could trust and really believe in. Go to someone that that they're going to encourage you, and they're going to ask the hard questions. Hey, how you doing? How you dealing with that? Someone you could be real with and honest. Say, man, I'm falling apart, man. Me and my wife are fighting like cats and dogs. Me and my kids, we don't get along. Man, my brother and sister, we're at, at it constantly. Man, at work, it's crazy. At school, it's crazy. Somebody that you could open up to. You don't have to tell them your whole life history. Just share what you think you are led to share. And you don't even have to go into all the details. You just say, hey, man, you know what? I, I, I trust you. Pray for my marriage. Pray for me. Is everything Okay. No, I don't want to go into it, but just pray for my marriage. And please don't tell anybody. Thank you, okay? And then they pray for you. And then they see you and they go, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's your marriage? We're doing better. Praise the Lord. Someone that you could open up to. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. It says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. So when you're sharing each other's burdens, you're obeying the law of Christ. And it brings me to the last point I want to make is this. You really want to have victory over temptation. Remember that God's on your side. Really, we need to be on his side. <laughs> but God wants you to win. God says, greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. I got your back. I'm empowering you. You're going to make it. I'm cheering for you. I'm going to help you through. I'm going to carry you through. You're not going to have to go through this alone because I am with you. And if God be for you, he will help you. God wants you to win. In First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I love this. It's the exit plan. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand, more than you can handle. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out, a way of escape. He'll show you the exit plan so that you can endure. Temptation is common to everyone church, but you'll never be, so understand you will never be sinless, but you could sin less, you could sin less, I mean, you could go a whole day without sinning if you really stayed focused on the Lord, our problem is we take our eyes off the Lord, just remember what he says in 1 Corinthians 5, 57, but thank God who gives us a victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now look, some of you might never have had that victory because you don't have Jesus. So you don't even have a relationship with him. Oh, you know who he is, but you've never met him. You could point him out of a crowd, but you've never been introduced You've never welcomed them into your life. And right now, if you wanna welcome Jesus into your life and say, Jesus, become my savior and my Lord. Become my king, my redeemer. And if you've never prayed that prayer and you wanna do that today, raise your hand and say, you know what, I wanna do that, amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God, yeah. Praise God. Anyone on this side? I just want to give you that opportunity. So if you raise your hand, I don't want to do anything to embarrass you, but I want to ask you to stand because we're going to pray over you. It's the greatest decision you're making in your life. (laughs) Church, would you say this prayer with them? Say, Heavenly Father, I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. From this day forward, I want to live for you. Forgive me of my past and give me a new future. I want to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can I give you guys a hug? Come on up here, real quick. Like I got a Bible for you. I got some things for you, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. Right over there. Mira Domaz. How you doing, Alonso? God bless you, man. We got a Bible for you right over there. What's going on, hermanito? God bless you, man. What a joy. What a joy. That's my cousin. (laughs) Hallelujah. Guys, what are you facing right now? What are you overwhelmed with? You might be going, I'm a Christian, but man, I keep doing some stupid things. I cave to the temptations. I find myself flirting with people I shouldn't. I find myself going to places I don't need to be. Maybe you want victory over some issue in your life. I invite you to come to the altar and just lay down your burden. You might not be dealing with temptation. It might be something else. I know that my comadre is here. Comadre means co-parent. When Mexicans, when Hispanics get married, the parents of the boy and the parents of the girl become co-parents. Because now the mother-in-law is ministering and guiding the daughter. And the mother-in-law and father-in-law are ministering and guiding the son of the other. So they don't call them... So they call each other compadre, comadre which is co-parent. And Michael Madre just found out she has breast cancer and is going to be having surgery in three days. And she's asked us to pray for her. And I don't know if you're dealing with any medical issues that you want prayer for. Some of you are seeing the doctor this week. And after you find out what's going on, you told me you wanted prayer at that time. But I don't know if she's going to be making her way up here. And there's a young lady in our church that just beat very heavy. Were you at stage four? She was stage three breast cancer. And she made it through. She made it through. So I've asked her to come up and pray. So Dorothy, Michael, would you guide Dorothy up here? And Any of your family, Angela, I saw you here. Anyone else? Come on up here we want to anoint you and believe god for a miracle as you stand before the altar if anyone else needs prayer please feel free to come out this isn't just their moment but it's a moment that you need with god dorothy we anoint you in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit the oil represents the holy spirit of god and tiana i want you to place your hand on her back as a symbol of support of someone that had victory, that she have the same victory. Father, thank you so much for Dorothy and her family. God, I pray for her daughters. I pray for Angela and Lisa and Weta. God, I just pray you be with them. And I, I pray that you comfort them. I pray you be with Rob and minister to him and be with Michael as they carry Dorothy before the altar right now. God, there's fear. I pray that you replace fear with faith. I pray that you, Father God, do the surgery right now. That, Lord, when they go in there on Wednesday, they're going to say, Dorothy, we know we saw cancer, but you're fine. There's no more traces of it. And whatever they find, Lord, have them remove it without it affecting any other part of her body. Give her speedy recovery. Encourage her right now. Speak into her spirit, man. Raise it up, Lord God. And Lord, let Tiana be an example of, Lord, your power to heal. I pray for everyone else, Lord, that's here today, that dealing with heartache and pain, dealing with struggle, that, God, you be with them. God, we pray for families that, be overwhelmed with your goodness and mercy I pray for the Holton family pour out your peace in the loss of his daughter and sister and mother and friend God we pray Lord for Ken Delfield healing over his body we just pray Lord God for every need that is found in this church God for those battling temptation that God you give them victory victory, victory, victory in the name of Jesus Church, would you stand to your feet? And Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all you're continuing to do. And we pray this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and God's people said, amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. You're dismissed to go live it out to the glory of God. God bless you, church. We love you.